0: You're listening to The Health Beat with Sarah
1: and Pete. And our podcast pledge to you, dear listener, is to inspire you to be better,
0: to help you find time to achieve your goals, to motivate you to take action,
1: to encourage you to eat healthy,
0: and occasionally make you laugh. <laughs> welcome back this week we have a super epic podcast and it's kind of long but it's worth the wait so a few weeks ago peter and i had the opportunity to meet kathleen today's guest at one of our favorite raw vegan spots in San Diego. It's called Trilogy. If you haven't been there and you're in San Diego, you have to go. Um, They do sky yoga and it's on a rooftop and the food is really good. Um, So Peter and I immediately hit it off with Kathleen. She's super outgoing. She gets the importance of a healthy diet. She's very knowledgeable and she's just fun to be around. So pretty much she had to be on the podcast. I feel like I should stop talking and Peter, why don't you introduce her?
1: Kathleen Ventura is a life and business coach and TEDx speaker who believes living with intention creates freedom. Making a move in 2012 that would terrify even the bravest of nonconformists, Kathleen quit her high-pressure sales job in the city, sold everything, and set out to ride her bike across the U.S. After two years of perpetual travel, she found her calling as a transformational coach for beginner women entrepreneurs. Kathleen now teaches women on the verge of quitting their day job to step into full time entrepreneurship. In her signature pro- mastermind program, Own It, she helps new coaches, mentors, and consultants understand and implement what is necessary to build a foundation for a successful business.
0: Yay! All right, so before we get into talking with Kathleen, make sure you head on over to thehealthbeat.us forward slash HB forty five for all the things we mention in the show and to get links to Kathleen's site. All right, let's do this.
1: Hi, Kathleen. Are you there?
0: I'm here. Hey Peter. What's up? I'm here too. Hi. Okay. Well, we just wanted to thank you for joining us. We had a really good time meeting you and hanging out with you at Trilogy this past weekend. Um, it's always nice to meet online friends in person.
2: I totally uh, agree. I totally agree. And I wanted to just say thank you for inviting me to be on this. I'm really just flattered and just so sort of delighted to be here. So thank you so much for that.
0: Yeah, of course. Um, we well, We were looking at your website and just kind of feeling like you would be such a great business coach for our audience and um you know even us mm-hmm. if we eventually need a new business coach because mm-hmm. you are so aligned with um healthy eating and the healthy lifestyle and it's nice to have it's nice to work with somebody who gets it
2: i couldn't agree more i couldn't agree more i like i'm a big i'm a big fan of like working with people who get it you know and like to have like the right energy sort of on a team. So I'm honored that you feel that way, but I totally support what you guys are doing. So that's a lot of why I'm excited to be here.
0: <laughs> all right, all right. So for those who don't know you, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, what you do? I know I kind of spilled the beans that you're a coach, but um, can you mm. expand on that? Yeah,
2: definitely. So I'll uh, I'll do my best little nutshell. Um, so I am a coach I call myself a transformational life and business coach um, and I think we can maybe elaborate on a little bit more of what that means but essentially I'm originally from the Chicago area and in 2012 my husband and I quit our jobs to travel the world and um, once we sort of had a taste of that freedom lifestyle we knew that moving forward that we needed to come up with a way to sort of continue that freedom lifestyle and uh, continue to sort of go where we wanted to go when we wanted to go and and have control, a little bit more control over our lives than we did when we were working in the cubicle world. So uh, I, a couple of years ago, two years ago, uh, when we were traveling, decided to start a coaching practice and it became evident really quickly that moving around as much as we had been moving around just wasn't conducive to doing that. So we decided to... Um, sort of set our feet down gently. Um, and we're in Arizona now, we actually are in Sedona, Arizona. And because it's so important to me to just generally like live with intention and live consciously and uh, have access to really good food and stuff like that, it just worked out so well uh, that coming to Sedona was a really good move. So essentially, I'm just kind of a crazy, a rebel person who um, <laughs> quit her job to travel the world. And now I live in this small little town in the mountains and coach women sort of all over the world uh, to help them start their own businesses and get out of their own way. And yeah, I live here with my awesome husband and my cute dog and my cute cat. And that's pretty much me. That's the, that's the short version,
0: I think. <laughs> uh, no, that's awesome.
1: Yeah, that's great. So can you tell us a little bit about your life before you started coaching? I noticed that you mentioned cubicle lifestyle
2: mm-hmm. yeah uh, okay so I'm going to do my best to not tell the whole story because this started years and years and years ago as far as like who I was before I became a coach but uh, essentially I had always sort of done things no, I wasn't like a crazy rebel I was kidding about that like I'd always just done things a little bit differently you know like in college I uh, identified really early that maybe just getting a major wasn't going to be sufficient enough to really identify what I wanted to do after school and and um, so I spent a lot of time doing really cool interns. I studied in Spain for a semester and then I interned in Disney world and I interned for make a wish foundation and ran the career wow. at my school. I did a lot of really like different stuff, right. You know, and cool, cool, um, yeah, really, really cool things. And people were always like saying stuff to me that like at the age of 18, 19, 20, you know, whatever I was really confused by. People were always saying things like, I wish I had done that or I wish I could have. And I was like, well, like, do you think I like had more money or something? Like I worked all summer to be able to do this or do you think like someone came and was like time to leave all your friends and family, you know, like no one, you know, and I was confused by that, like as a relatively young person, you know, that I just sort of did what I wanted. And um, after I graduated from school, I didn't get a job, uh, as in the traditional sense. I just I just knew that I couldn't sit behind a desk. I just really didn't think it was ever going to work for me. And I have a degree in business, which is why this is really funny. And um, so you would think, like, the cubicle is where I was destined to be. And um, I actually, when I quit my job, or not when I quit my job, when I uh, graduated from school, I actually moved to Costa Rica and spent 15 months teaching English there. And I had a job and a apartment and, like, a life. And then the economy sort of fell apart, and I moved – back in with my parents in the Chicago area and what the the sort of fun part of the story that I don't ever tell is that I ended up getting a 9 to 5 job primarily because the economy fell apart and there weren't that many other options uh for a you know a 23 24 year old at that at that rate but also the my husband who is now my husband um who was my friend at that point was like hey I'm in love with you and we were like wait what so I decided to like so I decided to like stick around and play house and see like how that went. So I ended up getting a nine to five job and hanging out versus getting a nine to five job and being like, I'm off to see the rest of the world because we sort of like fell in love and all the stuff, like right at this time. Mm-hmm. So we spent, um, and w- it's crazy, but like he had been working in Arizona and had randomly just been transferred back to the Chicago area, like right by where my parents lived. I mean, like it was fate and it was really cute. And that's not what the story is about, but. Um, <laughs> we love stuff like yeah, that. Super cute stuff. But um, anyway, so we spent the next three years sort of playing house and and I was working this nine to five job that I sort of swore I would never work. and uh, And it wasn't nine to five. I mean, it was like seven to six, and I had an hour and a half commute both ways. And what started out as a really cool job, uh, it wasn't when we went public that, you know, I was in the sales position. And when we went public, there was demands and quotas, and it just no longer was like a fun place to work. And, um, you know, what what also worked out really cool is that and, it, and it, it didn't feel cool at the time was that Brock was also, he was laid off at that point. He, you know, his company was bought and he was making too much money and he got a severance package and then and was shown the door. And around the same time, I was like at my wit's end, you know, working in this job that I just couldn't understand. Like, why am I just working to pay bills that I don't even want? You know, and he's like, I'm never going to do this again and let anyone else have this much control over my value and my worth and my time and, you know, whatever. And uh, so we both both were just, done and wanted to sort of see the world and spend our hard-earned cash on things that really lit us up versus like insurance bills and stuff like you know so we uh like I said I always kind of did things a little differently and we decided to leave our jobs uh in the spring of 2012 after saving and saving and selling and donating and getting rid of just about everything and uh and quit our jobs and to travel the world. And it started by us riding our bikes across the U S and then we went abroad and, um, the following year and spent some time in seven different countries, which was really amazing. And then coaching, coaching came out of the, the desire to maintain that sort of freedom that it was that I needed to me, me because I love working and, um, And that's what I wanted to do. I just really, really wanted to start a business and do something really exciting. And uh, coaching just came out of me seeing a need for people wanting a life greater than what they were currently experiencing. Um, You know, that I knew I had this amazing life and I had taken these steps, these big steps and small steps and sort of flew in the face of everyone else's expectations and fear and and decided to design this life, you know, very intentionally, but I knew there were a lot of other people essentially waiting for permission, you know, to from somebody outside of themselves to want what they wanted, or to, to go after what they wanted. And, uh, and I think before I even knew what a coach was, or that that even could be a role, I knew I wanted to do it. And then I spent a lot of time consuming information about how to become a coach and and how that looked, and how to position and market, and, and et cetera, et cetera. So that's essentially the timeline. And I almost like forget what your original question was. Kathleen, that's, oh my woo.
0: goodness, that—that's
2: how we got so here. We are have I know, to I know.
0: <laughs> Sorry, no, <laughs> that was a short I, version. Shit. Sorry, can I say that? <laughs> no, you're fine. I love that, and I just want to tell our listeners that. This is exactly how Kathleen is. Like when we met you, we were like, Kathleen, you're hilarious and super funny and just like so bubbly and talkative. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. But we're going to have to go back a little bit. Okay. Fair enough. Okay. So when you guys were traveling, you guys weren't currently working. You had just no. saved and were just traveling?
2: Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. So yeah, yeah. We had – we were living off of our savings almost the entire time. We – um. We house sat a lot, which really helped with because that provides them free accommodation. And then sometimes they give you a car. So that really, really saved us big time. And then we eventually got to the place where our travel blog was like doing well enough that we could sell some ad space and like sponsor posts and things like that. But that was more of just like maintaining versus actually like, you know, generating a real income kind of thing. So, yeah, it was primarily savings.
0: Okay, cool. Um, so we had Nicole on before, and I know you guys are yeah. friends, yeah. which is great. Um, would you still recommend if somebody wanted to travel house sitting? Yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, cool. yeah.
2: Coolest thing ever. Best idea. Okay. Ever. Mm-hmm.
0: Awesome. All right, Pete, do you want to take over? You want to ask? <laughs>
1: okay, so I guess um, maybe take a couple of steps forward. So yeah. I think that it's, it can be difficult to find a good coach. Um, Mm. what would you say would be like your tips for, for finding like the, like the ideal fit for a coach for you?
2: Yes. This is a really good question. I love that you're asking this. So I'm going to answer that like in two parts, if that's okay. So I think as far as like finding a coach, like I think I see. And this is what's tricky is I'm very different than most people. When I want something, I just go out and find it. I don't need anyone to sell me or convince me or pitch me. I'm just like, I found you and I want to work with you, you know? So I'm, I'm very different personally, but I think in like a general sense, the way that I really recommend doing this is finding is, is sort of paying attention, right? You know, like what, no matter what world you're in or what kind of coach you're looking for specifically. Um, and if it is like in the business or entrepreneurial world, I think that a lot of people find their, their coaches on Facebook, like in Facebook, on Facebook communities and Facebook groups, um, through word of mouth, you know, people saying like, Hey, I worked with so-and-so and she was great. What I would recommend is doing that, you know, like sort of find your people, like follow, sort of follow the scent of like what you're paying attention to, you know, who's triggering you, who's inspiring you, who's putting out great content, who's really just seems like they're engaging with their audience, that they're actually kind, that they're not just a bunch of marketing mumbo-jumbo, um, and I would sort of court them, you know, behind the scenes, I'd, I'd get on their email list, I'd pay attention, uh, and and really just decide for yourself that they feel like you're kind of person, that the things they're saying, the things that they're putting out there, that the things that their clients are saying, that they do in fact have raving fans who are talking about results that they're getting from this, from this relationship, um, And that's how I would essentially find the person as far as deciding on the right person. I have maybe sort of a not great traditional way of putting this. I think that especially in the entrepreneurial world, as far as like business coaches or just any coaches, really, I think people are getting really good at marketing or selling themselves, but maybe just aren't great at what they actually do. And I know that Mm -hmm. might be a little disheartening, but I have unfortunately and maybe fortunately been victim of that, of someone who just seems fantastic Um, and wonderful and seemed like you had a really great thing going, but I never was actually coached by her before I actually hired her. So my sort of two part answer here is, um, if they offer, if the person offers like a quote discovery call or something, I would maybe ask or like find out in advance if on this discovery call, if it's just going to be like a sales pitch and a discussion about how this person would be, or if you can actually say like, do you think you could actually coach me on this call? Um. So that you actually can identify, like, is their coaching style like something that vibes with me versus them talking about their coaching style? Um, and if that isn't an option, you know, if the person's like, no, nope, my discovery calls are just for us to have a conversation of if we're going to work together or not. I, You know, you've got to hire me if you want me to coach you. I would recommend doing that. You know, if they have like a one off call for, a, you know, a little bit less than like a full coaching package, I would sign up for. A lower you know like a one-off or whatever with them to identify and that's how I work like when someone's really interested in working with me they get they get an hour of my time and I coach them and I'm not there to sell them it's just for me to identify can I, am I, can I coach this person? And do I want to? And mm-hmm. if, does this person vibe with me, you know, because I think that someone can get on the phone and be like, I'm going to help you this, and I'm going to show you how to that. And I'm just going to change your world. And people are like, Oh my God, and you're so inspiring. And I want you. And I think that if you could approach it from the, like, not such a rose colored glasses sort of way, um, and, and actually get some, some kind of coaching and get some kind of value on a personal level out of the person, I think that that may, um, set you up for success, you know, because I think that, that, and you said it, like, I think that someone can be a great coach, but unless they're a perfect match for you, it may not be a great relationship, you know? So I think if there's a way for you to come up with a way to have a, an actual coaching conversation or a coaching experience with that person prior to hiring them, I think that's probably something mm-hmm. yeah. I really suggest.
1: Yeah, no, I, I think that that makes a lot of sense because, not only do you want to make sure that you have a connection and that mm-hmm. you can kind of feel out their energy and that they're gonna you're gonna be a good sorry, the coach is gonna be a good fit for you. But then I also like right. what you said where you kind of flipped it and it goes both ways. As a coach, you would yeah, wanna make sure yeah. that they're that this person is a good client for you.
0: Yeah. Can I co- can
1: I coach this person, as you said. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think yeah, that's a great point.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So you mentioned that you do um, like you work with somebody, you coach them for an hour. Is that something that you offer for free when someone Mm -hmm. wants to work with you?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for asking that. Yeah, I do. So um, I'm really, it's so funny because there's things that I don't even think of because they don't happen. But I've had people say to me, like, I can't believe that you just have the discovery call link or whatever you want to call it. I have the link for that calendar for an hour of my time. Um, on my website that's changing it's going to turn into you have to fill out an application and then you get that link but um, yeah right now I have that and it just says like I only have this much space available please only sign up for this call if you're serious about hiring me this is not just like a free coaching thing Um, generally also the people who tend to hire me or who tend to reach out to me I, I tend to like I wouldn't say know them, but like are in my world or have like reached out to me previously. They're very, really like extremely cold um, leads. I think that's just because of the way that I carry myself and the way I do my business is that I tend to get my clients from my Facebook group or from my email list kind of thing. But yeah, it is something that is just offered for free on my website. And I've I've to this date not had anybody abuse it. Like somebody just get on the call and be like, hey, just wanted to use your time. Got to go. Uh and I've been really blessed in that way. But moving forward actually, it's funny that you brought that up, is that it's gonna the, it's gonna be flipped instead of them getting to, to schedule the call and then filling out a form, which they do, it's gonna be flipped and it's gonna be you have to fill out this application and then you'll receive the link for the calendar moving forward. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think that's really smart. So we mm-hmm. we offer um twenty minute calls and we we mm-hmm. kind of do the same thing where we, you know, coach them and help them, but 20 minutes is never enough, and every mm-hmm. time I hit the 20-minute yeah. mark, yep. I always yep. say, like, hey, is it okay if we go a little bit longer? Like, Because, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. you know, I know people are busy, and if they just schedule 20 minutes, but at the same time, it's like 20 minutes is not a lot of time to discuss health issues, and I'm sure it's not a lot of time to discuss business issues. Totally. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, it could take 20 minutes to describe the problems you're having <laughs> in your business. Same. Right? Yes, yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. But I do, I do feel like at the same time, time is so valuable mm-hmm. and an hour is very generous.
2: Yeah, definitely. And, it, and the reason that it's an hour is because I ran into the same thing that you were talking about is that 30 minutes never worked. Mm-hmm. So I just, instead of trying to pretend that it was only going to be 30 minutes, I just, I just sort of changed. I think the conversation around it was, if you're serious about this, we're going to get on the phone for an hour. And maybe... Mm-hmm. And maybe that alone has been what has helped people not just see this as like some free discovery call or something. I have no idea. Um, Whatever. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just an energy thing or something. But um, yeah, that's the reason that it's an hour. And I don't and I and I'll be honest, I don't take on a lot of private clients anymore. So I don't get a ton of people doing that. You know what I mean? I think I'm pretty straightforward in my world about like I have space or I don't have space kind of thing. But you're mm-hmm. right. I, I, I'm i the same way. I do believe that the hour is extremely generous. But then I also, mm-hmm. that's why we're going to shift to the, the application because I can't be creating that much space in a day or at right. a you know, period. Yeah, for someone who's not really serious. Mm-hmm.
0: At, at the same time, I kind of feel like, if someone's willing to spend an hour with mm-hmm. you, like learning, yeah. they're probably pretty serious too. That's so exactly th- it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I think it could definitely yeah. work both mm-hmm. ways. Okay. Yeah. Um. Okay. So can you tell us a little bit more about your coaching style? Like if someone was to work mm-hmm. with you, kind of the process you, you take them through? I mean, I don't want you to give away all your trade secrets, but just <laughs> maybe like a little snippet. Yeah, definitely. So I think that I am kind of different.
2: So I love that you've asked this that so I'm a trained transformational coach. So I started as a life coach as someone who just wanted to help people like get their mindset in alignment and uh, things like that. And then it naturally evolved to, I'm just really fired up about entrepreneurs, about people living with intention and like challenging the status quo. And, and so I just got really honest and I was like, I want to work with entrepreneurs. I think they face a lot of fear and a lot of other people's expectations and like self doubt and unworthiness and stuff. So this is where I want to be. And I really want to work with entrepreneurs. So as a, as a quote life coach, and I know that's such a, you know, a vague term at this rate of, you know, of, of this world, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, just generally helping people with like the life side of things or the mindset side of things or wh- whatever, what have you. And then it naturally evolved into, I am a business owner. I am at the fastest rate possible consuming as much education about running an online business or running businesses in, in today's world. Um, so it just naturally progressed to me also helping with business stuff. And then it just shifted to me marketing myself that way. And what I don't market a ton is now I, now I talk a lot about being a business coach and a business, and, and I help a lot with business strategy and things like that. But I'm of the belief, um, or of the mindset that you have, like, in order to achieve anything, that you need to have two things in alignment. And I think it's the, your mindset and your strategy. And I think you could have a killer strategy, but if your mindset is like, this sucks, I'm not good enough, I can't do it, it's hard. Then, then forget the strategy. And I think if you have this fantastic mindset of like, I've got this. This is awesome. I'm, I'm unstoppable, but you have no idea like what, what action to take and, and how to go to approach it. There's a challenge. So essentially what I do and what I feel really blessed to be able to do is help with both because I am trained in like psychology and how our brains work and why we do get in our own way and, and what that's about. Um, and so when someone says, Oh my God, every time I sit down to write my newsletter, all of a sudden, you know, cleaning the litter box sounds really appealing. I don't, you know, like I don't, you know, I know better than to say, okay, let's come up with ways that we can like set a timer. So you like do this and strategize. I know that there's something bigger going on under there. You know, and like, let's talk about that. Like, let's talk about like what you're trying to self-protect from that. If you were to successfully write and send this newsletter, like what is your, your subconscious saying to you might like, maybe potentially bad might happen. You know, like, why is it trying to keep you small here? Let's uncover that so that you can move forward being different without having to remember to be different. You know, so I help with the strategy and talking about whatever it is, Facebook ads, visibility, closing the deal conversations, whatever. That's a huge part of what I do. But also what I what I help people with is every time I sit down to do X, Y and Z, all of a sudden cleaning the litter box sounds really great. Or you know, what have you I mean, that's just the metaphor Mm -hmm. for the for for like, all of a sudden doing anything else sounds great. Or coincidentally, like I got a client and like, I got a bill for the same day for the exact same amount. Like, let's talk about like what this like upper limiting self quote, I'm quoting this like self-sabotage, self-protection, you know, thing is going on here. And that's what I do. And I'm sort of a chameleon, I guess when I work with people is that I meet the people where they're at. I don't have my own, sort of personal agenda of like how fast they need to achieve or how, what goals they need to be setting. I definitely meet people where they are, but I also am really upfront that like, this is not just going to be about strategy that we're also going to, I'm going to ask you some hard questions uh, so that, so that we can dig this up and you can get out of your own way without, without being faced with a lot of resistance. Yeah. Mm,
0: I love all of that. (laughs) No, it's, that's so good. Peter and I also believe that, In order for you to achieve anything in your business, you know, your life has to be in order, your mindset, your health, like Mm -hmm. those are so important. so to have a coach that helps with business in terms of the mindset, I think that's so huge and something so many coaches leave out. Yes. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I feel like it's often one or the other. Like you'll have like a really good coach, you
2: know, around that stuff, around the mindset and let's Mm dig deep and let's figure out these, these patterns. And then there's, like, the really genius, like, business strategist. But, like, they don't they don't do, essentially usually do each other's jobs, if you will. And that's why I feel really blessed that I can essentially help with both. Yeah. I'm totally with you. Yeah. Cool.
0: Yeah. And a lot of times one will end up hiring, like, multiple coaches mm-hmm. um, to do the yeah. same thing. So, yeah, I like that. Yeah. Cool.
1: All right. So, can you share one common mistake that you see? entrepreneurs Mm -hmm. making in their businesses or, and maybe this is something that you frequently work on with clients.
0: It could be mindset or it could be strategy or. Yeah. So it's kind of a combination of both, I think.
2: I mean, you know, take this as you will, I guess, but one thing, and and I guess I just have to say like I coach primarily like beginner women entrepreneurs. So people building either solopreneurs or building personal brands or in like primarily in like the service based world and they're just getting started. Right. So like the people that I am, I'm working with the most are people who are either really good at what they do, like maybe they've had a, you know, maybe they've just gone through some really intensive training or certification, maybe they've been doing it, you know, in corporate for a really long time, Um, you know, but like businesses, like doing, doing, having their own business doing it, like isn't necessarily like their thing. And then, and then there's all variations, right? But it tends to be people who are like, Mm -hmm. I just want to coach or I just want to help people, but I don't know how to do any of this other stuff you know it's kind and it's
1: kind of like in a in a transitional period like yeah, switching gears
2: you got it yes exactly so primarily people come to me when they really just they want to leave their 9 to 5 job that's essentially what I help people do is um is sort of take that leap you know make make the money and make the the regular income that they want to make so that they can make that leap that's usually when i come on the scene so just to give you just to give you like a little bit of context as far as like what who i'm referring to when i talk about like some of the mistakes or um just things that I see. Um, the ones and this is this I feel like I've been teaching this a lot recently. So so I hope that this answers your question is that I feel like people don't intentionally create objectives. And when I say objectives, I mean, like, clear, concise, measurable goals. Like people are like, I want to grow my Facebook group or I want to grow my list or I want to get on Periscope more. And I'm like, those aren't objectives. Those are like strategies to like achieve the objective. So like maybe your objective is like be featured on five major media publications this year. um, Bring on six private clients before June, you know, something like that, right? So then the strategy would be like this other stuff. But because people fail to identify like what is my clear, concise, measurable objective? And I highly, the way I teach it is you should never have any more than three of these objectives. Because when you do, it's just like mad chaos, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, and and whether you want to have three for like your whole life or three for just your business, however, you decide to compartmentalize, you know. But I think if you can if someone can say, for example, I want to bring on two private two new private clients this month. Okay, great. Well, how am I going to do that? All right. Well, my strategy is be engaging and position myself as the expert in my Facebook group. I'm going to get on Periscope every day and my call to action at the end of my Periscope will be. X, Y, and Z, et cetera. And I think that when you do that, when you create these like extremely specific, um, honest goals and you're extremely honest with yourself about what, what your, um, strategy, like what, how you're stacking your efforts behind the achievement or the realization of that, you can eliminate this mass amount of overwhelm, this shiny object syndrome of picking up every freaking thing that comes your way, like signing up for every webinar and listening to every, like, Every periscope or whatever, you know, whatever it is, I feel like a lot of people in this transitional phase are like every time they see an ad, that's like the five things you must be doing to Mm -hmm. this, that and the other thing. And it just creates this overwhelm of like, yeah you know what am i even doing like what are you know like i feel like i only have 2 hours a day to get shit done and like an hour and a half of it is like watching some webinar about like yeah. linkedin and i'm like why are you on linkedin like we talked about <laughs> facebook like what are you yeah. doing watching a link but they've said that if you're not on linkedin yeah. you're never going to make it and i'm like just right. stop you know like we have established that your goal is two new clients this month you're going to do that by x y and zing and and everything else like just set it down just set it down and Own it. Like, own these are my objectives and this is my strategy to get there. And I don't need to pick this up and I don't need to pick that up. And I don't need to listen to this. I don't need to read that book. I don't need to consider maybe signing up for that program. I think that like this, this mass like overwhelm seems to be like the biggest challenge, I think, um, that I see a lot of entrepreneurs handling at any level, like at any level. And I think that sort of the what's the word that I'm looking for, like the. Uh, the answer, but that's not the word I'm looking for, Um, like the whatever, sort of like the fix for that is to be really specific and honest about your clear, concise objectives and to be almost defensive, like to the point of defensive about your time and energy that needs to go into the achievement of those things, because you have to identify that when you're saying yes to all these shiny objects, you're actively saying no to to the strategy or to the objective that you've set. And, and I think if you can do that effectively and, like, own those objectives and just say, this is what I'm working on, and then once I've achieved that, then I'll move on to something else, but not all of these things at once, then it eliminates the overwhelm and it brings back, um, I think, just a lot of, like, focus. I think it just gives people focus and clarity about what they should be doing and they can begin to see product, pro- progress and momentum, I think, building. So, that's yeah, that's what I suggest is having these objectives and just being honest about them.
0: No, I think that's great. Um I yeah, I always recommend people protect their time because it's so easy yeah, in this yeah, online yeah. space to get yeah. sucked in. Mm-hmm. I um remember last year, I mean, I used to love podcasts. I I mean, I still do, but I just I don't mm-hmm. listen as much and I was um listening to one of Pat Flynn's podcasts and he was saying how like I want you to just focus on your goals exactly like you were saying. And if Mm -hmm. that means listening to less of my podcast, that's what I want you to do. And I was like, wow, that's like so powerful for him to say, you know, listen to me less, unsubscribe if you need to just so you get your work done. And um, I think that was just like a really good moment for me because I was like, okay, I need to stop listening to podcasts because if I'm listening, I'm not taking action, you know? I honestly, I totally agree with you. I think that that's so powerful that he said that, that he was
2: so honest and like, yeah, I mean, it's, it is really just a, just a testament to like the, I love how you said that, like protective of your time. Um, Yeah. You know, like I, I had like all, a bunch of my group clients were talking about like what books they were reading and what, and all this stuff. And I'm like, I'll be honest with you. I very rarely consume free content anymore, you know, Mm -hmm. unless like unless it's about something very specific like that you know like if it's like a you know it's for example like my husband's starting a business and he's going to do a kickstarter because it's a product-based business and there was I think it was Pat Flynn or was it Entrepreneur on Fire had a podcast that was about like how to have a really extremely successful kickstarter so I'm listening to that you know but like that's one of our objectives you know so but other than that I don't even really consume free content anymore because I am so protective of my time and and what what's moving like what's moving the yeah what's moving the needle the needle, arrow, guess, the needle yes. yeah like, we'll yeah. like what's the needle. Yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 I love you it have, I totally I love you that. have
0: to yeah mm-hmm. you really yeah. have to and it's and for me like I get kind of bummed out because there are so many great people online that I just love their content and I, know. I, I know. would love to read what they're saying but it's like you know I gotta do me and I gotta take care of my own business before I can be learning all these other things um and spending my time on that and I love
2: what you said that if I'm listening I'm not taking action and that's exactly it is that I don't need any more information like I'm at information (laughs) overload you know like I just need to to do it yeah I Mm -hmm. love that you said that totally agree
0: okay so you mentioned that you usually help um people when they're transitioning, beginner entrepreneurs. So if someone is a brand new entrepreneur, would that be a good time to hire a coach? Or like how can one tell when they should hire a coach?
2: Mm, Okay, cool. Oh, I love this. So I think it depends on the kind of coach, right? So if we are talking about like beginner entrepreneurs, Mm
0: -hmm. I think
2: that you should, I think you should hire a coach right away. I think almost you should hire a coach before you even invest in like a $2,000 website or something. Um, I think that the number one thing that I hear from people who are just starting out is lack of clarity um, not sure where to start, not sure what to do first. Um, I just want some direction. I just need to know what to focus on. Those seem to be things that I hear a lot. And I think you can consume all kinds of content. You can read blog posts up and down. But I think until you get a coach of any kind, like around your business, mindset, whatever, who's going to be able to say to you, what's important to you? What do you want? Like what's going on here? You know, because Everyone has different objectives. Some people's objective is, like, make enough money so I can stay at home. I don't want to be rich. I don't want to whatever. I just want to be at home with my kids. And other people are like, I want to be the next Oprah. So until you have, like, a coach come to you and, like, meet you where you are and talk about what's important to you, like, do you even like being on Facebook? Do you want to be on video? Do you want to have group coaching or do you want to have private coaching? Like, whatever, you know, whatever it is that you're getting ready to do, right? Like, I think it's so important to get a coach who knows what questions to ask you to kind of see the blind spots that you may have because you're so close to something and to mm-hmm. sort of cut through the crap of like all this information you've been consuming and saying, all right, but how does any of it apply to you? And I think that as a person who I, I, I mean, this is not what the story is about. I mean, I did hire somebody right out of the gate who didn't end up being great for me. So I spent far too long Mm -hmm. falling all over myself like really Mm -hmm. falling all over myself trying to make it up as I went along throwing half-baked noodles at the wall and hoping something would stick I don't think there's any need for that because there are so many people who have gone before you and done what you wanted to do who can help you expedite your progress like I mean I mean just exponentially really like exponentially Mm -hmm. increase like the rate of which you get to where you're going and soften the edge on that learning curve which is really just like a cliff like let's be honest you know, yeah. like the the learning curve is like more of like a cliff you're scared you're going to fall off of on, with something like this. So I think hiring someone in a one-to-one, if I mean, and if one-to-one doesn't work, I guess, like maybe like a group setting where like there is a one-to-one element so that someone can come to you and say, where are you? What's important to you? What are your priorities? What are your values? What do you like doing? How can you create a business, uh, you know, around that structure of what's important to you and how your you want your days to be set up or whatever? I think that's really important to do from the the onset. You know, a lot of people are like, I can't do anything until I have a website. Great. And when you have that website, what are you going to do? You know, like, you know, like I know people who have built six-figure businesses without a website. So just hold your role and like, let's identify Mm -hmm. what's important to you, you know? So that's, that's my two cents on, on when, you know, hiring a coach is probably a good move, you know, as far as becoming an entrepreneur.
0: Yeah. I, um, I was curious if you could kind of shed some light on, you said you hired a coach at the beginning, Mm -hmm. which I think is super smart because it's the best way to move forward quickly, right? Having yeah. some guidance. Yeah. But um, you mentioned that your first coach wasn't the best. Mm-hmm. How did you go about finding oh. another coach after that? Because I would imagine that you'd be a little bit more skeptical. You got it. Yeah, I was. I was super skeptical. <laughs> and, you know, as
2: you know, as a coach and as somebody who's very, you know, into the self-development world, of course, I look at that now as like, what did that teach me? What was, what did that come into learning? You know, what to, or for me to learn, excuse me. Um, and I was extremely skeptical. I didn't hire anybody for a, a fair enough time. Um, but what is really cool is that the person that I ended up, I actually ended up hiring two people. Um, they, it's, it doesn't matter, I guess, really, but I actually indirectly met them through that that original relationship which is just crazy. Oh wow, I and love that. Yeah, and it it's really really cool and uh the, the, those people weren't even really coaches. Like when I had met them, they became coaches because they had been running really extremely successful businesses and they were one of them in particular was extremely kind to me when I asked for help. Um very unsolicited came in and helped above and beyond what I had asked for. I just said, Hey, does anybody have any advice on this? And she got on the phone with me and like helped me out and then gave me feedback and was like, just amazing. And I'm like, this is what a really good coach would be like. And then Mm -hmm. when she decided to get into business coaching, because of like 15 years of being an amazing business owner, I just watched her like I just watched what she was doing. And Um, Just was a little bit more hesitant, but we create, we sort of had a little bit of a relationship where she added value and helped me in a way that I didn't ask for, you know, Mm -hmm. when I wasn't paying her for before um, I even hired her. But you're right. I was definitely skeptical and really hesitant. And that was the year that I spent a lot of time falling all over myself because I allowed that unfortunate situation to sort of mean something or to sort of win in Mm -hmm. a way. Um, but it was just there to teach me about how to be a better coach and how to be a better service provider and a better business owner and and have better communication. That's what it was there to teach me, but I was too close to it to see it that way at that moment. moment. Mm -hmm. And as soon as I forgave myself and forgave the situation, I was able, you know, how they say, like when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. That's Mm -hmm. essentially what happened, I think, is that when I opened myself to finding the right person for me, um, that literally that person appeared, you know, when I was ready for it.
0: I think, I think that story is going to be really helpful for people listening. Just like hearing that just kind of takes away the fear, you know? Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Good. Good. I'm glad. And I don't, I don't totally share that story very often because I feel like it also, like I'm, it's tough for me to be a business coach and then say, Hey, I hired a business coach who sort of sucks. You know, I feel like that's sort of, I think it's really honest and really real, but sometimes I'm hesitant to share that you know what I mean?
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I think that it shows authenticity and it just Mm. shows that, you know, you're, you're the type of person that's going to keep it real. And, um, Mm. that's something that I want in a business coach and I'm sure a lot of other people Mm. do too. So yeah. um, Yeah. Thanks for sharing. Mm. You're welcome.
1: So do you think that there's ever a time when you shouldn't hire a coach?
2: So I'm probably not going to give you the right answer to this one, but I'm going to tell you what I think. I think I don't, the think, ta- I don't think this
1: is right or wrong answer.
2: <laughs> so I thought of, I really was thinking, like, is there a time, you know, when you shouldn't hire a coach? And this is how I'm going to answer that. I think I think you should not hire a coach when you're hoping that that coach is going to be the answer to all of your problems. Um, I think that if you're getting into a, into a coaching relationship, hoping that that person is just going to, like, change your world, I think that creates codependency, and it perpetuates you putting what you're capable of outside of yourself, you know? Um, so, I thank God I don't see that a lot, but I think that it does happen where someone hires a coach and then says like, well, I thought I'd be making more money by now, or I thought I'd have lost more weight by now. Like you told me you were going to help me do this. And I think if a person gets into a relationship with those kind of expectations, like I'll just hire this coach and all my problems will vanish. I think that's when you still need to do some internal work and be able to point the finger back at you. Um, because if you were to hire a coach, I think in that situation, it, it's only going to create problems, I think, for everyone. So I think that would be a circumstance where hiring a coach is probably not a great idea that you still need to do a little bit of work on yourself. Because the way I understand it, coaches are more more come into play when you're sort of on the upswing, you know, when you're kind of already making that progress, and you're ready to sort of take it to the next level. So that's my answer.
1: (laughs) So how much time since we're kind of talking about this, um, would you say that it, it, it takes to help a client make progress?
2: Mm, 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 mm. Um, and I know it's going to be all over the mm, place, yes, but yeah. You
1: know, some that I'm just curious.
2: <laughs> no God, I love this. I think it's so it's so contingent on where that person is. You know, like you, like for example, I may have somebody come to me who's got all of their strategy ducks in a row. You know, like they're killing it with Facebook ads. They've got a great following, and they're like but it's not working. Like the clients aren't coming or I can't, you know, people aren't paying on time or whatever. And they come to me and we have a really deep one conversation about blocks, you know, like about like, you know, a a really deep rooted story about receiving abundance or uh, what having clients means or whatever. And if we can bust through that block in one or two or three phone phone conversations or coaching sessions, excuse me, then, then that person may just sort of explode. I mean, that actually happened to me last year is that I I just was scared of my own shadow and I needed a coach to give me some really tough love. And literally quite overnight, my life and my business changed because I really had everything going for me. I was just really scared to put myself out there. And this person came in and in one fell swoop, just said, "Freaking do it. And I did. And um, my business exploded, but that's not to say I wasn't falling all over myself for a year and a half prior to that, right? So it's kind of like, did that coach have that magic trick? You know that it was like, oh, I just had one phone call and she just made, a, you know, she just made freaking ten thousand bucks the next day, which is what happened, um, or whatever. And so I guess there's that, right? But I think that's more of like the exception than the rule. I love working with people for six months because I worked with people for three months and I felt like by the by, like just the end of the three months, they were just hitting their stride. They were just getting into doing well, closing clients, having fun you know, just really hitting their stride. And then it was over. And I'm like, well, this this isn't real life like it. I mean, like you're hitting your stride and then stuff is going to come up, you know. So I love to work with people for six months. I think people can start getting results as quick as they're willing to, as quick as they're willing to to actually implement and integrate their strategy and look fear in the face and say, thank you for wanting to protect me, but I've got this. As soon as they're willing to do the work and take the action, I think that results can come in nearly immediately. But it's the sustain, it's sustaining that that I like to hang around for, Um, when you know upper limit challenges come in or where you handle like something that you've never handled before, um, or what what have you. That's why I hang out with people for six months because I think I want that six months to totally change everything, not just to kickstart stuff and then like leave them out in the cold, like figure it out. I really, really love working with people for, for a full six months, like I said, because people come to me sort of at the beginning. Um, and there's so much that changes in that first six months, I think, in business. So that's what, I,
0: that's what I love to do with people. Okay, so do you usually work with people for six months? Is that kind of like one of your packages? Do you um, yeah. do like one session and then offer like six months? Like, How do you structure it? Yeah, so I only work with
2: people for six months. Well, I guess maybe okay. I'm lying. I guess I'm lying. So I work with people in a couple of ways. Um, I work okay. with um, a select number of people privately, which is one of my favorite things to do um, for six months. And we work together once a week, and then they have unlimited virtual access to me during the week for those six months. And I basically kind of come on as like their co-pilot. And that's like my my main, main package. And then I also have a six-month mastermind, which is essentially a group coaching program that includes access to me and um, eight different industry experts in different, very, very different fields that come in. Um, and again, that's extremely intentionally six months long because it's it's created for beginners who just have a lot of kinks to work out, you know, moving forward and a lot of course correcting to do. Um, so essentially, those are the two primary ways that I work with people. I just added doing um, full day and in- person intensives with people. Mm. uh, Because through some trial and error, I did it extremely unofficially for a little while, like hosting virtual intensives. And I've done and I've personally done an in person intensive with my coaches, and it like changed the game for me. So I knew the value in something like that. And that there is something really cool about having like seven or eight hours to sit and plan and strategize and work through stuff that you simply can't do on a one hour call once a week, you know, um, so I just added that to the menu. But those are the three those are the three ways to work with me as as of right now. And then, as we talked about before, working with me, you get a one hour um, full coaching hour to, so that we can both identify that it is a good fit. Because because my packages are like that because they're not just like a six week thing. It's I come on I come on board like I be I come on board mm-hmm. and I'm sort of part of the team. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. That's great. So you really you really are a six months kind of girl. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah,
2: mm-hmm. I I used to do I used to do ninety days and I didn't like it and I had a lot of people just refining signing anyways. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, it just works out. It very, very, very rarely do. I just do the three months, uh, because it just, yeah, it felt like people are just, you know, hitting their stride and I'm like, okay, let me know how it goes. And it just didn't feel really good.
0: Yeah, no, I think, I think that's, I think that's great. Yeah. Yeah. very cool. Okay, yeah. so you are a total foodie like us, so yeah, I think it's yeah, only yeah. fair that we talk a little bit about healthy living. Is that okay? Mm, please. I
2: mean, and just stop me if I go on tangents about how much I love the planet and just totally <laughs> stop me. <laughs> oh, yeah, I love for it. Sure,
0: for sure. Okay, so first things first, when we met you the other weekend, you talked about biking across the U.S. Yeah. I want to hear about that because I am a chicken when it comes to riding my bike on the street. So tell me how that was. Where, where'd you, where'd you go? How was it? Give me the dates. Uh, Yeah. Amazing. So
2: the funniest part of this whole story is that when we decided to do that, the first thing we had to do was buy bikes. We didn't even own bikes when we decided to do this. Like (laughs) if that's any, oh oh my God, if that's any indication as to like our biking abilities. So, I mean, don't get me wrong. We got really good really fast, but um, we, we did this in 2012, in the summer of 2012, we started the first week of June and we followed a route called the America Trail that is organized, organized, organized by a, um, non-for-profit called, um, I, I'm losing my mind. It doesn't matter. I can't remember I'm right sure, now. I'm, I'm losing sure my it mind. doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. They're amazing. They're honestly amazing though. I'd love to give them a shout out, but they're amazing. And they maintain these trails. And when I say trails, like it's not like a freaking trail. It's like on the road, um, but just like where you're supposed to go. So the trail uh, goes through 10 states. So basically we started on the coast of Virginia and we rode the entire width of Oh my gosh, my husband just heard me and he said it's called Adventure Cycling Association. Oh my God, I'm so embarrassed. He just private messaged me and said, it's called Adventure Cycling Association. Oh my God, sorry. Sure. Had to throw that in there just to show literally that, how funny I am. <laughs> Love you. Um, <laughs> God, losing my mind. Um, so we, what I was saying, 10 states, straight across Virginia, straight across Kentucky, the bottom of um, Illinois, then straight through Missouri, Then straight through Kansas and then. Oh my God,
0: I'm getting nervous. (laughs) I
2: know. Then we scooped into Colorado, up and over Hoosier Pass, directly into Wyoming, all the way through Wyoming into the bottom of Missoula and then about 600 miles um, to the Oregon coast. Oh, I lied. And Idaho. We went through Idaho. Obviously, Idaho comes in between Missoula, comes between uh, Montana and Oregon. But yeah, and then it ended in Astoria, Oregon. So. It was about, I think, 4,500 miles, um, the official trail. Obviously, we pedaled a lot more than that, but we did it in five months. It doesn't take five months. We just took five months. Yeah, I'm sure it could be done much faster uh, or much longer, but we were doing it as a way to see the country, not set a land speed record or whatever. So we'd get to a place that we really liked, and we'd hang out for a couple of days. We primarily camped in our tents. Or at least slept in our tent. Maybe it wasn't always camping. Sometimes I mean that's I mean I could we could do a whole interview on where we slept. But um like no like no joke. But uh yeah, it it was incredible. It was like the most incredible thing we've ever done. It was I always talk about it like it was sort of like a video game, that every day we woke up, it was like a new level with like new crazy stuff happening. Like one level, it would have like the dogs trying to like bite us. And like one level would have like, the, you know, the headwinds and another level would have the hail. And then like the levels that when we were in Kentucky and Virginia, it was like 100 plus degree temperatures with you know, humidity through the roof. Like it was, it was an adventure to say the least. And we went from barely ever seeing each other because he worked nights and I worked days to being together literally 24 hours
0: a day. So wow. it was a really special experience. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if, if Peter and I did that, he would be in big trouble. I don't know if I could hang. <laughs>
2: um, yeah, there were definite moments definite moments yeah. of doubt like I'm getting in a taxi and you can do this oh yeah yeah uh-huh. wow yeah crazy. but you guys probably felt so good by the end of it uh yeah we well what was unfortunate is that we had this like epic vision in our head of like when we got to the Oregon coast that we were just going to stay in little like campsites you know like the hiker biker you know whatever up the whole coast there's all these cute little like state parks or not state parks but you know like the little whatever and like state you know state run little campsites and it rained it like it didn't stop raining like like not one minute for maybe like the last six days and we were like Frozen and soaking, and not really very happy. So, we stayed mostly in hotels like the whole last week. And we were so happy that when we finally got to a story, the sun came out the next day and it was really lovely. But the end really, really gave us a run for our money. Kind of like, do it's, you really want this? <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. No, it's it's really wet up in the Pacific Northwest.
2: Yeah. November in November. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh,
1: yeah. Oh,
0: yeah.
2: <laughs> it was yeah, I yeah, know. I know no, I know. Yeah. 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 In November, it never stopped raining ever.
0: <laughs> Peter and I, we did um, a backpacking trip in, where was it, babe? Port Angeles or something or Forks and it was like a two-day trip and it just poured Uh, the whole time and it was in the summer uh, so your chances of rain are less likely they're still likely but less likely and it just dumped the whole time it was awful oh my god and you just can't get dry and like
2: everything's soaking mm -hmm. and oh Oh, man, yeah. Yeah, mm. yeah.
1: no, it was, it, the trail was, like, all mud. Like, it's like you couldn't even go through the trail, and,
2: uh. and Sarah,
1: had, Sarah had tennis shoes. She didn't have boots.
2: Oh, I wouldn't have boots either, so I, I'd be right there with you. Oh, my I God. Yeah. Oh, man, yeah, I hike in trail runners. That's, yeah, that's crazy. Oh, it's the worst. It's inclement weather, you're like, can't it just be perfect in seventy? <laughs>
0: Pretty much, but yeah.
2: we're stronger because of it, right? Absolutely. That's it. You're totally stronger because of it. It makes you more grateful for camping trips when it is wonderful,
0: you know? Exactly. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I want to hear about your diet. Um, Ooh. Ooh. I know that you eat very healthy, which, you know, we're all about. Um, mm-hmm. I know you don't like labels, but if you were to kind of explain a little bit about your philosophy around food, how would you describe it?
2: Yeah, I like the way you put that. My philosophy around food is if it doesn't come out of nature, like if it isn't natural, I probably shouldn't be eating it. So like in my terms of like natural, it's like what comes out of the ground generally is what I would consider natural. Um, like, so what I don't eat essentially is I don't eat any animals. Um, I don't eat dairy because I don't think that's entirely natural for us to be drinking cow's milk um I don't eat any processed or refined sugar um and then we stay away from basically anything goofy looking on label so anything that says like natural flavors or anything I can't pronounce that doesn't look immediately like a food um so generally um whole food plant-based and I also stay away from like soy and canola oil and things like that so it you could call me a vegetarian you could kind of call me a vegan but I eat eggs so not really um Mm -hmm. But I, but I think we had talked about this is that I like staying away from labels because I think for, you know, for two reasons. I think when you put a label on it, I think in my, in my world, like in my brain, like I feel like I'm eating a specific way because my label dictates it. Like I'm a vegetarian, so I can't eat this or because I'm a vegetarian, whatever. I just sort of eat this way and like it happens to fall under those sort of predetermined categories, you know? And then I also think that there's a lot of, preconceived notions about what a vegan or what a vegetarian or what a paleo or whatever is like, oh, those are those crazy meat eaters, or those are those Mm -hmm. like hippies with tattoos and shaved heads or whatever, like what have you. So I think it's just, I think for me and my like, in my worldview, it's just better to for me to generally stay away from the labels. And like, I just eat, I just eat Based on like what is what what I would consider and what my husband consider, we're really blessed. We're on the same page with a lot of this. Like what's natural and like what comes out of the earth and what I think is really good for my body, uh, primarily. Yeah, and and I think maybe that's important to mention is that I eat the way that I eat, because for my body and for my own health, I see this sort of as like preventative health care. I also happen to sleep better and feel better and have better energy, and my hair happens to grow, you know, faster and you know, whatever, like my, my, my life is simply better. And then I think like the added bonuses are that eating a plant-based diet happens to also be saving the planet in an extremely direct way. And it also happens to be a really compassionate way, I believe, of living too, just as far as like animal, um, animals go and stuff like that. So that's sort of my philosophy is like what's natural and what's really good for my body and what makes me feel good and healthy.
0: We are definitely on the same page. (laughs) And you have oh. no idea how refreshing that is. You have no yes. idea because... Oh, we should be telling yes. you that. <laughs>
2: yeah, that's that's my philosophy. And I think a lot of people generally think I'm... And I could say were because, like, it's my husband and I eat the same way and believe the exact same things. And, but, that,
0: and that's a whole other topic yeah,
2: we could talk about. I know. Because Peter
0: and I are usually, like, the rare ones who everyone's like, oh, my gosh, your husband's on the same page. Oh, my gosh. He helps people with health, and to have somebody else, like, that's pretty rare.
2: Yeah, he's, he's crazier than I am, like, to be totally honest. Like, I would be like, well, like, it just has a little bit of soy in it. He's like, it's not going Mm -hmm. in my mouth. I'd rather be hungry, and I'm like, all right, fine, Mr. Grumpy, like, settle down, you know, but he's so good. Like, he, he has I mean, not that I, I mean, like, I'm not like a sometimes like, right. I just don't put that stuff in my mouth, like not ever, you know, yeah. but like, um yeah, he, he just absolutely not like he and he and he also isn't scared to make a fuss about stuff, you know, like he, he just like just, me. <laughs> mm-hmm, yeah. He is not yep. scared to make a fuss about it at all. Yeah. Um, Like any restaurant we go to, like he just, he waits till the end and he, you know, till everybody else is ordered and he asks his like 16 questions that he has about like the, you know, the three things on the menu we might be able to eat. And mm-hmm. he doesn't care who rolls their eyes or who feels like he's being high maintenance. Like, and I don't either. He's just much better at it. I think than I am, but yeah, we just, it, it, we just have really high standards and, um, our life sort of revolves around it, and we're really okay
0: with that, actually. feel the yeah. same. Okay, so I wanted to ask you, um, did you guys change your diet before starting your business, or was that something that came afterwards? Ooh, I like that. Um, it, it was an evolution, and
2: it started three years ago this month, actually, so way before the business. And it wasn't all of the stuff I just mentioned at once. Like Brock read something apparently extremely persuasive and came home and said, we're not eating sugar or dairy anymore. And, and I thought it was like some joke or something. I didn't even like get a pizza, like to send, like a send off pizza or anything. It was just like, no dairy, no sugar, like tough shit. And um, like what, you know, and so then it just became an evolution of self-education and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. But really, you know, like, and, and I know, I think you guys know this about me, my whole mission for the world and for like my existence is to encourage people to live more intentionally. And when I say intentional, I mean just like consciously and deliberately choosing things. So like intentionally deciding like where you live and, and who you love and what kind of work you do and what's at the end of your fork. And, um, I think that this was just part of it. You know, like we intentionally quit our jobs, we intentionally sold up everything, um, you know, we intend, and, and it's just, it's just morphed from, we don't eat dairy and sugar to we also don't eat, you know, like animals and it then we're not eating seafood anymore. Then I gave up coffee. And now we're also really conscious about like how much waste we create and how much, you know, like we try to buy organic clothing, you know, like made out of, you know, fair trade mm-hmm. clothing and like, et cetera. And we've got, you know, a water filter on our shower because we're just really intentional about how bad the water is here and how important our, our what's absorbed by our skin. And I think it's just an evolution of like, when you start, um, consciously and intentionally evaluating all of your choices it just sort of to me at least seems like obvious that it's like i'm intentionally becoming a business owner now i'm intentionally deciding who i help and how i market myself and how i present myself and what we now spend our money on because we have the flexibility to inspect spend our money wherever we want you know um, it just it's it yeah i mean it wasn't an it wasn't linked to the business but it, it mm-hmm. is just a big part of like consciously evaluating like how, what, what the choices are that we're making, you know, like, oh my God, I can actually choose all of this, you know? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I think, I think you're so right. Um, I feel like a big percentage of people who are super unhappy, it's because they're not conscious. They all of a sudden, realize, you know, I'm unhappy with my life, but they've kind of just been on autopilot for so long. And, Mm -hmm. and once you become conscious about, you know, what you don't like and what you want to change, a lot of times, you know, it's, it's business. It's how you've been working and it's diet, how you've been eating. So, Mm -hmm. um, I love that you guys have kind of mastered it all. We're do we're doing our best.
2: Yeah, we're definitely doing our best. And, it's definitely not convenient. I mean, I think you guys know that better probably than anyone. It's not convenient to live like this. And and I love how you just said that I actually gave a TED talk about that is that like, you know, I got to a point in my life and I was like, how is this my life? Like, how did I get here? And it's because I failed to make a choice. And by not making choices, I've just been living by default. Like I've been, been mm-hmm. opting out. And then when you remind yourself, I can choose where I live mm-hmm. and where I, and how I work and And, you know, what businesses I spend my money with and which food I choose to buy or put in my mouth or or which businesses I decide to vote with my dollars for. um, It just perpetuates itself. And like you said, it's the people who are unhappy that are uh, that they're not conscious about it. But if you can wake up and remind yourself, you have a choice that you don't always have to eat the food that your family ate. You don't have to shop at the store that's closest to your house. You don't have to work that job because it was the first one that was offered with a good commute. Like you can actually intentionally strive for the things you really do want that are in alignment with your values and priorities. And it's my belief that if we had a world where people were living like that, we would have a much, we'd live in a much different world and on a much different planet.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: I was just thinking about that today. What if everybody woke up and was passionate Mm. about the work Mm. they were doing and were fueling their bodies with foods that brought them energy? Like, can you imagine just everybody and interacting with all of those people? Yeah. Could
2: you imagine? I, oh I, I mean, it would be, it's like my dream, you same. know, like, <laughs> totally, like, it's my dream that people are, like, on purpose, like, making decisions and, like, excited about what they're doing, and, like, you, and, like, because I know that's such, that's your thing, is that, like, people are eating food that isn't, like, breeding disease and causing inflammation and making them feel tired and bloated and that that they're constantly, I mean, what a happy world, like, what Everybody a happy world. be in a
0: good mood. Yeah.
2: Honestly, I mean, honestly, seriously, people would be in a good mood. They'd be like, I'm excited about everything I have to do today when I wake up and I can't wait to drink my lemon water and drink my probiotic or whatever. You know, I mean, that's how I wake up every day, but not everyone. Some people are like, Oh, breakfast. And I'm like, bring it on. You know, like I'm excited about all of this, you know, I, and I don't, you know, and it's so cool. Like I don't wake up with an alarm anymore. Like, could you imagine a world that we lived in where people weren't like awoken from their sleep with like screaming alarm clock. Like, I mean, even that would just be really delightful where people were just able to wake up when their body was done resting.
0: I mean, how cool, you know? No. I don't know. No, to- totally. I, t- I totally yeah. agree. I think, you know, it's, we You always say, you know, you're in control of your own actions and you are, but sometimes mm-hmm. when you interact with people who are not on the same, same wavelength, you know, they can kind of take some of your energy, kind of bring you down. And um, we. Peter and I, we try not to let that get to us, but sometimes it does, you know, we're not perfect and sometimes other people can rub us the wrong, wrong way. And I feel like a lot of times, like after the situation, I'll be thinking about it and I'll be like, you know, they're probably not feeling so great or they're probably not living on purpose or, you know, something's probably going on in their own life. And I think that if more of us were conscious, then, um, you know, they'd be, they'd be happier and there would be less of that friction between people.
2: I completely agree. I totally agree. I like, and I'm actually going to spin it even in different ways. And I think we might've even talked about this the other day is that often like when you're around people and you are being really conscious, like whatever that means, like when you're like asking questions about what's in the food or when you're saying, no, I don't need a plastic bag to put my stuff in or, and you're with people who would never even think to do those things. I think sometimes It sort of like threatens the paradigm of, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, like what they believe is possible. So then it just creates this friction of like, oh, they think they're better than me or like in their own minds. Right. You know, and and you're not being judgmental. You're just being intentional in your own way. But I think that because we live in in a way where people have forgotten to choose and stuff like that, that it does it does create friction. You know, it Mm -hmm. it creates unnecessary friction um, because of how people the, um, the meaning essentially people have assigned to what different things are, you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah
1: no, absolutely. I, I think just, just how your actions can be received yeah and exactly. with, with people that aren't living consciously mm-hmm. that, yeah. I mean, just like you said, it's, I, I'd never thought of it that way. Friction. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, it's kind of like a, it's like a, it's a misconception really, yeah, you yeah, know, cause totally. we're just, we're in our own world, you know, we're, <laughs> totally. we're, we're, just, we're thinking about the impact on the world. We're thinking mm-hmm. about the impact on others. We're thinking about the impact within our own bodies. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're not thinking about how, what is it, what is somebody else going to, you know, think of this action?
0: Yeah, uh, absolutely. What kind of, what kind of actions are they taking? You know, like mm-hmm. we want them to do them, do what works best for them. But yeah, totally, totally, exactly, exactly, exactly. You know, it's like, I can,
2: you know, and, and I feel like, you know, I think at the beginning of this journey for myself, I think I would have, I think I was, you know, like allowing other things to get to me, you know, like I just want to tell everybody about this and they don't want to hear it or whatever. And now I just do me and and understand that like doing doing me or having my priorities, like, for example, you guys know this weekend I like traveled to San Diego and I wanted to really sort of fly under the radar of not imposing upon the people I was staying with. And like I brought, like, so I cook and And drink only like filtered water you know especially in California like I love you guys but I'm sorry and um, you know and I didn't want to fuss with that so I brought three gallons of of water with me you know like in in a refillable BPA free you know like gallon of water or whatever and like I just have gotten really good at sort of like doing me and trying to not bother anybody else by but I also know that like me doing me so seamlessly like not making that fuss just like this is just what I do like I just Mm -hmm. use you know whatever but it's more of like a leading by example to them rather like leading by promotion I think that that has had always had a greater positive um response from people where they're just like I you know like I I refuse to let people give me plastic bags or anything really like nope it's like don't I'll carry it you know, and I think I used to fuss about that. Now I'm just like, nope, I just, nope, thank you. And, you know, whatever. And I think the more confident you become with doing you and the more you, you know, like just create your life around it, but not worry about anybody else. I think that they feel, I hope, less less threatened or less inconvenienced by, you know, your standards, you know, or your your procedures, I suppose.
0: I, I think you're right. I th- I definitely think that just doing it and not making a big fuss about it. They realize like, hey, you know, it's not a big deal to carry yeah. out my groceries. It's not a big deal to ask if I can have that without sugar or if I can sub gluten-free bread. Like mm-hmm. the less of a big deal we make about it, the less yeah. it is to others. We've yeah. we found the same thing. Like usually when someone changes their diet, they're super excited about it and they just want to talk about it all the time and share it with everybody because mm-hmm. they feel awesome, but we found that usually if you're trying to get others on board or spread the message, it's the best way is to just lead by example.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because otherwise people are like repelled by it almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, it, but the leading by example is it's, it's interesting. Yeah, to see how people are like, oh, I never thought of asking if you could make it with oil instead of butter yeah. or, you know. Yeah. whatever. And you're like, I should have everything I want, actually, like, it's nothing to them to they're gonna cook it anyways, you know, <laughs> they're gonna put a bun on it anyways, might right. as well be the bun that I wanted, you know, uh, no big deal. Yeah. Interesting. I love
0: it. I'm I'm do too. About food. That's <sighs> good.
2: I love you guys. I just love that you get it. And, and like you said, that you're both on the same page about it. It's so It like you said, it is so uncommon you know and i've always felt really blessed that i have that but i love that you guys also have have that and that we can connect about it
1: oh yeah for sure i feel like this could be like a part <laughs> two we could talk about this for hours i mean yeah. obviously yeah. we're gonna wrap it up but yeah,
0: I mean, yeah. it just feels like <laughs> no you're wow, staying wow, here just, all night
1: yeah no it's just it's great it's it's really it's been awesome
0: mm-hmm yeah Okay. So if somebody wants to work with you right now, which I'm sure they will after this podcast, <laughs> um, what, what, what would be the best way for them to do that? Like, are you taking new clients, um, for your six months privates or your mastermind? What would you suggest for that? Yeah, no, that's so great. Um, I am actually, it's so funny. I adjusted to my husband this morning,
2: so I love that you're asking that so directly that I am actually taking on a couple of private clients right now. And, um, the best way, you know, what's so funny. The best way to do that is just to go to my website and click the work with me tab is actually the fastest way, um, to figure that out in my website's just KathleenVentura.com, Um, and, and just hit that work with me page and it'll take you right there. And as we said earlier, it's just, um, a private one hour call for us to sort of decide if, if having a little relationship to make your business awesome is a good idea, um, my mastermind actually opens up for enrollment. It's starting again in August. So enrollment will open up okay. in July and there is a waiting list that you can also get to from that work with me page. Um, so those are the two best ways. And I am, like I said, I'm, you know, and I hate to like be talking about three different things, but generally go to that work with me page. That's the answer, you know, and okay. you can sort of choose yep. your own adventure, but I am doing um, private intensives in person in like five different mm-hmm. cities across the U S this year. So the information about that is also on the website. So if maybe I'm coming to you, maybe we can hang out in person and and jam, have a jam session as well. Okay. That sounds
0: great. We will definitely link all of those things in the show notes to make it really easy. Cool.
1: Oh, Kathleen, thank you (laughs) so much for, for joining us. This is, it's really been a blessing. I feel like we, we learned a lot. Hopefully we provided a lot of value together. Um, and, it was just awesome just hashing out just the uh, the healthy lifestyle piece as well.
2: I agree. This was a lot of fun. You guys are really, really great, and you asked some really fun questions. So on the same token, I really hope that i provided some value and and, and gave your crew some good answers.
0: Oh, you have. <laughs> All right. So if you want to find more about Kathleen or the things we mentioned in the show, head on over to thehealthbeat.us forward slash HB45.
1: And we'll see you next week on The Health Beat.